FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the Believe in FCS football podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are previewing the 20. 20- 21 fall season for the receiver group. We've got six fantastic athletes, great football players that we are going to be covering before we get into that, folks. I am Joe DeLeon, uh, joined by my good friend, former roommate Sean Anderson. We are two former college football players at the University of Rhode Island. We're coming at you during the holidays. Hopefully, you enjoyed your holiday. Sean, how was your Christmas? It was a good Christmas. Uh, I guess me and my friends have a new tradition of late night going to the casinos for holidays. As we did what? it on Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, we went to the casino. That's not a tradition. You just, whenever you it guys is get now, drunk, no, it, <laughs> once your decision a, is to end up at the casino. That's what it is. That's not a tradition. Once is a matter of circumstance. Debauchery. Twice is a, mat, is a pattern. So uh, I guess what's the next holiday up? Uh, Valentine's Day. Maybe we'll all be in the casino together. <laughs> that'd be really, that'd be really cute if you all yeah. did that. See, uh, I would argue if you if you weren't drinking, you would not end up at the casino. I Christmas, I was really not drinking because I had work that day. Oh, that is true. So that it was just the decision that was made. Oh. Well, that's nice. Well, my Christmas was nice. Thank you for asking. Folks, let's get into (laughs) Bet Online. I want to talk to you about it before we talk about these receivers. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. I am juiced up for Notre Dame playing this Friday. With all of these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Don't be like Sean's stupid ass who goes to the casino, 10 drinks in, and then puts down as much money as he can on the roulette table. It's not what I do. It's not as much money as I can. It's, it's, it's Blow it all away. It is calculated. Yeah, usually the calculation is you win a little bit of money, and then you put all of the money that you've won including what you showed up with, and then you end up losing all of it. Is basically That's not what true. It is. That's not true. Monday night or Sunday night, uh, I just went in and lost four straight bets. <laughs> so that's not always how it works, Joe. <laughs> oh God. Well, if don't bet like Sean, actually use your head, bet on yes. something that you can use some intelligence with like sports and not just uh, uh, shoving money at something that is completely random <laughs> from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So today we've got a really fun show for you folks. We're going to be talking receivers. And honestly, Sean, I, I feel like receivers is a group separate from offensive line, but one that we have indirect high quality exposure to good FCS receivers because we had the amazing opportunity. I I would call it a blessing to watch guys like Aaron Parker and Amir Dorsey and Isaiah Coulter 
every single day in practice. And I know that you probably weren't watching them as much as I was. What do you mean? <laughs> I was did... on the offense. I was watching them. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, no. well, you were actually like doing things in practice and stuff. And like, I'm oh, just standing oh. there watching all the drills and like, wow, that's, that was a great play by AP. Like we knew, we knew how good that they could be and that they were going to belong on NFL rosters. But my point here is like being exposed to those guys every single day and seeing what they were capable of. I think gives us like a really good understanding of being able to recognize that talent for yes. this pool of guys that we're talking about right now. I completely agree. I mean, it, you don't really know. I'll, I'll, I'll stay. You can do a lot of research and you can do uh, a lot of everything when it comes to, to scouting and evaluating talent, all of that. Uh, but until you've kind of really been in the thick of it and you've just seen it over and over and over again, then you understand that you only need to see a guy that can go to the league one time before you know that he can go to the league. It's not something that needs to be consistently evaluated. Then it just becomes where, how early, and uh, and what team, basically. But these guys that we have on the list today for the upcoming spring are all guys that, on film, I mean, for me, I'm a pretty quick evaluator, and then I can go down into the details, but... I. You look at him, you say, okay, that's a dude, that's not a dude, that's a dude. We got a lot of dudes on this list today. And it's worth noting, again, this is the disclaimer we have to put out every time we do this show because – so there's, there's two parts to this here. There's the one part of, of saying anything can happen from the point that we record this and put this up on what is going to be December 30th. All of these guys could transfer. So this list could be completely obliterated in a week if these guys all decided to enter the transfer portal. Heck, uh, Jason Brown actually tweeted, I got a kick out of it, he tweeted today, just making fun at the fact that everybody keeps hopping in the transfer portal. Um, and it's true, everybody keeps hopping in. So anything can happen with this list. Any of these guys could change schools. They can move up to the FBS level. The other side of things, there's actually some guys that we're not going to talk about that were in the list when we were preparing for the season and then COVID hits and they chose to transfer. Um, you know, like Cade Johnson is, is, is one of those guys. Like there's, yes. there's, a, there's a lot of talented guys. I believe it was also Samori Toure who also decided – he was transferring. So the, there's been a number of players. The Stern brothers uh, also said that they're going to transfer. So there's guys that could have been on this list that might be saying to yourself, oh, how did you not include him? Well, go check if they transferred or not, and that should pretty much answer your question. So, Sean, let's hit the first player, somebody who I'm a, a really big fan of, somebody who popped up on our radar of the first season of us doing the show, Lawan and Winningham of Central Arkansas, one of the few guys who had a full scope of 2020, but his 2019 stats, 50 receptions, 814 yards, and eight touchdowns, six foot three, 190. I honestly think Winningham, based on his production, he, he is a guy that reminds me a little bit in terms of also frame of Aaron Parker, who had a really good junior year, and then once he hit that senior year is when he exploded. I really see Winningham being a player like that, that he could step up and then be a clear-cut first-team All-American guy, not only because he's talented, but because he has so many talented guys around him that maybe divert some of that attention away. Yeah, Winningham is a very a very interesting prospect to me because he's a freak. Uh, he's not like a Randy Moss freak who's just going to go up and get it over you, which he can do. 
but he's like a waterbender. And I've said this since the first day we talked about him, Joseph. Just he is the way that he moves and contours his body towards the ball, around tacklers, uh, in his routes. It is fluid. It's like a, he's a snake. I called him Gumby a couple of years ago. You just do never. You, you'll never get a clean hit on him. He, he and he will always find a way to just slip out of contact or, or just move in ways that is just it's mesmerizing to watch how he just gets to the ability of actually catching the football and what he does after with it is also special because it's just I don't I, there's no comp for him I don't have a comp I, I just cannot make <laughs> one because he is just the mo- one of the most f- just naturally fluid movers that I've seen. It's just, I don't know, there's nothing that is stagnant about any of his motions. Well, you, you don't necessarily need a comp for every single one of these guys. He's his own um, comp. He's his own comp. Uh, I just read one of the comps that you you put down here, and I am going to contest it uh, when we get to this guy, but I can't believe you wrote down two of the things. Oh my God, I'm I'm completely distracted now because I read the comp that you put for Raleigh Webb. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second. As I mentioned, Lawan Winningham, I think he benefits a lot from playing in a program that has so much talent on offense. And Tyler Hudson has exploded. And arguably, Tyler Hudson was the the best receiver during the the fall season, this exhibition season, if you will, the lost season as we've referred to it. Hudson, six foot two, one eighty five. Uh, last season, he had 55 receptions, 975 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And again, just continued to dominate during this fall part. The one thing that really stands out to me, really strong hands. I see a guy that is just a really consistent catcher. Uh, he's not a, a, you know, a guy that has a ton of drops. And I think that's why he has such strong production and why he has so many touchdown receptions because he's turned himself into a serious threat and an option in the red zone. He's both a safety blanket and an explosion play guy. So, you know, you throw it to him, you're going to get a catch. Uh, But the explosion play, I think that stems from his incredible burst ability and his just athletic ability. He can climb the ladder on you. He can run all the routes. And he's got that Jermaine curse mentality where he's just going to fight for the ball like hell. And that's just, it's really cool watching Tyler Hudson. And he's got all these tools. And last year, and even in the fall, you just, you see him putting them all together, knowing that in a full game, you're going to get to see all of his tools at least once. And that's something that when you're evaluating or you're just watching him, you're going to be impressed. Yeah, extremely impressive player. And it benefits the, um, you know, the whole offense that you have two guys that are super talented that are two of the best in the country. And that offense is going to be one that we're going to be watching very closely for the spring because it has explosiveness written all over it. And if Braylon Smith comes back healthy, I don't know the timetable for him to return. Um, If you get him back, it's just such a good group based on all of the players in the mix. So Raleigh Webb from the Citadel, we have to bring up next. Six foot two, uh, 213, 617 yards, 10 touchdowns. And he is uh, such an interesting player, and I would consider him to be the most underrated of the group because if he was on a team like a UCA, or heck, like if you put him with uh, Bailey Zappi, uh, maybe you could have 1,500 yards of production. He is that talented. He just doesn't see a lot of passes thrown his way because he's playing for a team that runs the option. I know the, the FCS Fan Nation 
uh, radio guys, they absolutely love Raleigh Webb, and they wanted us to bring him up, I think, a while ago when we were, uh, I think it was over the summer maybe, that they they mentioned his name on Twitter. Um, the only thing that kind of trips me up here, Sean, so can you explain to me your thought process here with wh- whatever this comp is? It's not really a comp. I'm saying he. I agree with all your points that he's underrated. And uh, when I see Riley Webb, he won't kill you with his speed necessarily. He is fast, but rather his running ability. The way that he runs in his routes, the way that he moves after he catches the ball, he's not necessarily going to beat you to the corner. He's, he could run through you. He could just cut it right up field and make you take an angle. Uh, it's not – that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean that his running ability okay. is, is superior to his speed. So you look at him, you say, oh, he might not be moving that fast, but he's getting by defenders purely because he's running so well. I'm willing to bet we will get a don't force comps uh, message from That's not a Roberts. comp. Uh, he's still going to find a way to uh, to rope that in. But so you you also think, though, that he moves like a tall running back. And I actually, I love that. I think for me, I can see a lot of that where he's just such a good runner. He's such a good athlete. And I, I see a little bit, there's a big difference between uh, uh, how a running back runs and a receiver runs. And it's kind of like when Ty Montgomery came out. I'm not comparing him to Ty Montgomery, but when Ty Montgomery came out of Stanford, not terrible. Everyone said he might be better off moving to running back, and he ended up doing that because he ran like a running back. There's just a harder style to it where instead of maybe uh, trying to gain extra yardage by running around somebody and then running out of bounds like some receivers do, you're getting a guy who's going to power through and have more of an aggressive intent with the football. Yes, that's where I was basically coming from during your, uh, your almost uh, attack on me and my take. Well, when you write weird stuff in the document, I'm going to attack you. Okay? Is that is that is that okay with you? Is Bring that it understandable? On. Bring it on. Okay. I will drive down to Virginia again. Uh, next player that we need to hit on. This is a name that I think isn't talked about enough, and this was one that was brought to my attention by Brian, uh, who tends to give me some little tidbits on some players that most people don't really talk about. But Donnie Corley from Texas Southern, six foot two, one ninety. He was actually previously at Michigan State, and he was a two-way player. He was playing offense and defense for the Spartans as a freshman. Ends up getting dismissed. Um, Not particularly sure the specifics of that work because I was just trying to focus on the football side of things. Ends up at Texas Southern. Has a really good first year, 72 receptions, 1,039 yards, and three touchdowns. And I I think that this is a guy who can definitely pop off and certainly has the attention – of people in NFL circles because he had that exposure at Michigan State and was able to do so much, they might be a little bit worried because of the off-the-field stuff and the dismissal from a a big program, but you can't ignore the talent. You can't ignore it uh, one bit. Uh, What I see for him and how Texas Southern's been using him, they use him a lot in the quick screen game because of his shiftiness and a 6'2 receiver that can, uh, you're, you're throwing him that many quick scre- quick screens, it's because he can make that first man miss, which is hard to do with that frame. It just is. And he's just always shaking the first defender. They're using him very well at Texas Southern. I, I would like to see him stay upright on deep balls a little more. Uh, Julio kind of does the same thing, where, but that I blame that on the quarterback, either overthrowing or underthrowing. Uh, most of the time that I saw uh, from Corley from his tape last year, it was just a bit overthrown. He would go down at like the three-yard line. I, I'm just counting it. He missed two touchdowns last year on deep balls. He looked the ball in great. That's something that he does also really well. I don't see him turning his head upfield before he gets the ball very often, hardly ever. And it's, just, it's just a little detail that I really like to see. Uh, but 
there's no really but. I mean, he's going to have a really good season this year, I think. I think mm-hmm. if they keep on utilizing him as the primary option there at Texas Southern, all of that potential is going to be shown on the field. That That's what we're going to see. You're going to see him getting the ball in quick screen scenarios. You're going to see him beating the first defender, cutting it up the middle, cutting it to the outside, and then just making big catches because that, that's just what he does. And it's not easy to transition from a big program to an FCS one, especially when you're dealing with a dismissal. So uh, maybe that wasn't the full breadth of what he could possibly become in his first year at Texas Southern. I I think that the the sky's the limit in terms of being one of the best, if not the best, FCS receiver if he really steps into his own this upcoming spring season. Continuing on to Tyshawn James, a name that you really hear a lot, six foot three, two ten. In 2019, he had 48 receptions, 978 yards, and nine touchdowns. I had the uh, the opportunity to hear from Tyshawn when I hosted a panel with NFL Draft Bible over the summer. I believe was when I did that. He was one of the many talented players that hopped on, and he's such an interesting guy to talk to because he actually has a background playing a quarterback, uh, playing quarterback in high school. And I believe he was recruited to play quarterback and was trying to play quarterback at Central Connecticut State, but ended up shifting over to receiver. They do like to maybe throw some wildcat in there, but he spoke on how his time playing the quarterback position really helps him know the routes, know how the offense is moving around him. You sometimes have with receivers where they really just only know what their responsibility is and maybe understands what's going on around them, but they just know what they have to do. But when you have a guy that has a quarterback background and sometimes why this works so well, this, this the switch over to the position, is that they have an increased awareness more than a typical receiver where they know, all right, if I, if I want to get this ball and I want to help out my quarterback, I need to be here. I need to put myself in this position so he can complete the pass to me instead of just, I'm running a 10 yard in it's how can I get an opening so my quarterback can find me better. I love that point that you just made Joe, because without even knowing that from me, I noticed the exact same thing aside from him using his big frame well and boxing out defenders on routes, the way that he does that is because he has a great feel of where the the, the defender is and where they're going to try to attack. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, this seems very instinctual, but at the same time, it's all very, it looks like it's very, very uh, premeditated or planned out and he knows what's going to happen. And with a quarterback background, that just makes him all the, the, the stronger of an asset to be catching the ball. If you, yeah, that is, uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention, Joe, because I'm watching him. I'm like, wow, he is putting himself in the perfect position every time. He's just, he knows where that ball is going to be. He's boxing him out. He's just, he's huge. So he's using that to his advantage. Just a really, really intellectual player, intuitive player. He's tuned in. And that's something that I can really appreciate from wide receiver. He is uh, cerebral. I think that's the, the, the really good way to describe him. Let's finish ourselves up with somebody who might be the best player on this list. I I don't think – the interesting thing with all these guys is you could really put any of them at the top. But D'Angelo Wilson, we have to make his – bring his name to light. 5'9", 170. His production is stupid. He is the best production on this list. And it's honestly tough to really have over 1,000 yards in the FCS and to be a – incoming upperclassmen with all the seniors that are gone for him to be returning with 1,564 yards and 
15 touchdowns last season. Understandably, he has extra games from playing in the playoff, but D'Angelo Wilson was a serious problem as a receiver for Austin P. And I just see a guy that's quick, he's shifty, he is not easy to track. It's what you love from a smaller receiver. He's not very big, he's not going to be a box out guy like a Tyshawn James, but he is just a slippery dude who who slips through the cracks and sometimes you're not going to be able to rally and, and tackle a guy like that because he's so good at getting out of tight spaces. I completely agree. Uh, aside from your points, He's a bailout your quarterback guy, kind of like a Cole Beasley guy. Uh, he's fearless when he goes across the middle, which I love from receivers, any size, any build. If you're going across the receiver and you're just trying to catch the ball and get it upfield, that's something I really, really respect out of receivers because that's no fun at all. Not at all. Even if you're just playing in the backyard, you know somebody's going to come and they're going to try to crush you. And it, when you're playing in versus actual college athletes and then in the pros, I see a receiver going across the middle like that just really impressive and then his ability to get open and just make the contested catches is just you you can't replicate that you can't replicate a guy who just wins his 50 50 balls and that he's just got a real sense for when to go and get it and when to you know push back a little push put on the brakes when to really hit his routes well it's just he's really impressive I know this is one of Joe's guys for sure yeah, definitely one of my guys. Absolutely love what he did last year, and I'm just so excited to see what he and also all of the guys on this list are going to do this upcoming season. I think that's going to be it from us, folks. Uh, tight ends should be the next group that we're going to hit on. I have to double-check what we have on the calendar, but that's what you should be anticipating, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Sean, you got anything for us, or are we just going to close this thing out? Let's close it on out. All right, I'll close it on out. All right, uh, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio, at Believe Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and also head to Believe.com uh, to find our show as well as hundreds of other shows. If you enjoy listening, hit that damn subscribe button and also mm. leave us a five-star review. We've had a lot of people give us some positive reviews. We've maintained that five-star review. We've got a, a actually a good chunk of reviews so if you like the show please let us know we've got a lot of positive feedback and that's honestly what keeps us going we'll talk to you next week folks uh next wednesday here is talk about probably tight ends <laughs>